when there was last 10 minutes left i was trying to i was, I was looking at the question but i was thinking with a twisted mind you know it can't be so simple there is some catch here what is it and then i did something and i was not happy with it but then the time was over i came out of the examination hall and then you know we gather around and we discuss how was the exam what was the, what, what did you answer for which question and then when our friends were discussing about this particular question everybody said it was so easy it was six marks we just got it we simply had to find the mean of some group of numbers and when i realized that i had messed it up it was so simple i was i couldn't i couldn't forgive myself for a long time so this is what happens in life also some of the best experiences are very simple we don't have to complicate our lives but because we can't believe that something could be so simple we are so near to krishna but we go so far away so therefore to experience spiritual bliss elevate to elevate our consciousness let us understand the five levels at which our consciousness could be the lowest is the consciousness which the trees and plants have which is called covered consciousness avrata avrata means covered you know much before the scientists uh, discovered that plants have life bhagavatam had already declared it taravo kim na jivanti modern science only recently discovered that plants have life but vedic scriptures declare that plants and trees have life but their consciousness is covered shila prabhupada gives a beautiful example in the book matchless gift he says if you go and ask a tree my dear sir are you happy standing in this rain standing in this harsh winter for 6 months and the tree if it could talk the tree would say i'm completely fine why the tree is saying that because the consciousness is not developed can't experience higher pleasures or more pain and then um, little above than covered consciousness is sankuchita or restricted consciousness which is uh, the category of the animals and birds animals and birds have a higher degree of perception of pleasure and pain than plants and trees right but still they are animals they can't they can't express more or they can't perceive higher levels of happiness and that's why they are where they are so many of us we may be externally as human beings but our consciousness could be covered because of association with lower modes or it could be very restricted and when we experience something higher like you know if you if you really are present in krishna conscious activities and you get a higher taste and then when you look back my god that was my that was my life before i came to kc then you can't go back you know it's like one of my friends brahmachari in the temple i remember he called us home for prasad his mother was a senior manager in a multinational bank in mumbai but that that time she was not a senior manager she was at a lower position so we had gone to her house for lunch and then i was talking to her i said what did you travel every day she travels every day 50 kilometers from north mumbai to south mumbai to her office and she has to travel in the mumbai local trains i don't know how many of you experienced the local trains of mumbai it's like you know <laughs> there are people standing hanging on the train windows and the doors 
it's extremely crowded it's a capacity one one coach has what a capacity of i think 500 300 people but there are 1500 people packed in a compartment it's crazy there are people sitting on top of the trains also it's crazy and you know you are just hanging like this and in one particular pose you have to hang for the for 10 minutes till the next station comes you don't even have to try to get out of the compartment because you just stand where you are people push you out so you know it's like and the people are screaming when they enter when they get out it's crazy and the ladies compartment is also like that you know there's a ladies section separate so i asked mother you travel every day in the trains it must be hellish and you know what she said no it's comfortable and I'm, i'm okay traveling and i was shocked i said how could she say that it's comfortable and she said uh, i get i enter the train and then one hour i'm there in the office and i come back but then i couldn't accept her answer but i didn't argue further and then we had lunch i came back to temple and then after a few months she was transferred to assam northeast and she had a very good uh, promotion there she got a good offer and she was working there for 3 years and her office was just 10 minute walk from her residence and the the place where she stayed was filled with the beautiful it was it was like this a forest area scenic greenery beautiful trees and she walked every day inhaling fresh air fresh oxygen and and then after 3 years she came back to mumbai and she went back to her same office working and then again my friend akinchan krishna prabhu is one of our brahmacharis in the temple so he said my mom is calling us for prasad why don't you come so we all went and then we were taking prasad and then we asked mata ji was your was your stay for 3 years in assam she said it was great and then while conversing and then uh, she said something which struck me she said my god i have to travel every day to office in this trains it is so horrible i don't know it's so sickening i said mata ji but you were traveling earlier also but earlier she was okay with it but now after 3 years she is finding this train journey miserable and she was just expressing all the horrible thing that happened in the train people are stuck like this and you would smell the others armpits you don't want to and she was describing all the horrible you know it's how crowded it is and you're sweating and then i realized why she is disgusted with this because any answers any guesses what happened to her she experienced higher in those 3 years so when she came back she couldn't handle it similarly many of us haven't experienced the bliss of krishna consciousness we haven't experienced what it is to be present with krishna in chanting in hearing in doing seva and then when we do that and we experience something higher and then when we go back to material life even if we even if we engage in sense gratification we will find something is lacking we will find that vacuum therefore krishna propad gave krishna consciousness and he made it very simple so that we can somehow access and experience krishna's love in our hearts so this is the first two levels first lowest is what covered second restricted consciousness third is where the human life begins which is called as uh, mukulita mukulita or budding consciousness it's a stage you know a flower it's like it's uh, blossoming it's like not actually blossoming but it's at the stage of a bud so mukulita is when 
it's like when you have the potential but it is not tapped as yet that is human life we have a chance now to explore our potential to explore higher realms of consciousness human life proper said often is like a junction i don't know how it is in london trains but in mumbai we have trains that go and then you know some stations you just you can't do anything there you can't take another train from there but then you reach after three or four stations you reach another station which is a junction from where you have many choices you could go on harbor line central line you could you have many choices but then some stations you just can't you don't have any choice similarly animal life not much choice they are simply controlled by the modes animals and birds all other species they just helplessly drag by the three modes but we as human beings we have a choice because human life is a junction where we can make our ch- the right choices and allow our consciousness to go to higher levels so some choose to tap this potential and some slide down so we are at the mukulita stage you know shila propal gave a beautiful example for this he said a high court judge he comes to the court for a few hours and then he goes back he just passes some judgments and he goes back whereas a clerk in the in the high court is working for 8 to 10 hours but he is paid much lesser than the judge why why is this discrimination why is this discrimination any guesses why is a judge paid much higher salary than a clerk in the office although the clerk is working for more hours higher position means what more difficult job means what yes you are right it's a higher position more, more difficult job sorry more responsibility more responsibility yes more responsibility so shila prabhupal said animals and birds they fulfill their basic needs with lot of struggle eating sleeping sex life and defending is extremely difficult for animals and birds and they have to go through lot of struggle whereas human beings have a higher responsibility so these things are taken care of better because we have a higher potential we are supposed to explore higher realms of happiness like you know if you see uh if you see a hen eating food i don't know you see in india we see it all the time you know they are just nibbling something and then constantly the hen is looking here and there she is eating but she is so fearful of a cat that may just pounce on her i don't think we were eating breakfast now <laughs> i don't think anybody was eating with fear somebody is going to come snatch away my plate we don't have that fear human human society is much more civilized right we don't li- fear is not the governing principle in human society right why because we are supposed to tap this potential we are, suppo- we are meant for something higher sleeping also you know in india many of these dhopis the washermen they have donkeys kept and these donkeys are sometimes kicked by the master get up it's time to work and the donkey is sleeping and you know is reluctantly <laughs> supposed to wake up to work how many of you you know when you're sleeping your parents come and kick you nobody kicks us come on get up it's time to go to college so human life is not prashida prabhupada writes in nectar of instruction 
the needs of uh, basic needs are fulfilled under nasty and unpleasant conditions for animals and birds sex life you know dogs chasing seven eight dogs fighting over a bitch and then it's <laughs> crazy you know in the streets of india we see we get to see all of this but human society there is more dignity there is there's a lot of culture so because human beings are meant for something higher so eating sleeping mating defending these are fulfilled under very nasty conditions among animals and if we don't act responsibly and if we don't tap our potential then our lives will also be as cumbersome as troublesome as the animals you see what i'm saying that is why you see that human beings go through a lot of anxiety which which is which is not which is very unhealthy and unnatural like we have a govardhan eco village where different schools come with their trips for their trips and i have seen young young children you know 13 year old 14 year old boys and girls asking for some you know when we put up some medicines in our gift shop and uh, we sell them they want those uh, you know we have this cow products <laughs> they want this 13 14 year old want uh, they want those medicines for stress oh this is this is good for stress so we have done stress management seminars for 8th grade and 9th grade students crazy animals don't have stress management we don't do stress management seminars for animals addictions i don't think animals have addiction problems right and heartbreaks you know a monkey monkeys you know tree and you know uh, and if he's heartbroken he just not he doesn't get into depression he jumps off to another branch and gets another uh, monkey knee <laughs> Yes, yeah, so, he has no problem. A man, you know, amongst human beings, they are so they are so messed up. So and they are always in anxiety about these love affairs. You know, take that rose petal. Oh, she loves me. She loves me not. And so many, so much of poetry, so much of movies, and so much of stories on love, romance. Because they are meant for something higher, and because they have not tapped it, we are absorbed in these things only. eating sleeping mating and defending and addictions uh, then suicide you don't hear of animals committing suicide so why this happens is because you're not tapping our potential see i come from a i i travel in india in small villages also there is one place called kolapur where we have a tobacco farm and generally in these farms you know they keep a fence so that the animals don't come and also this farms have scarecrow to drive away the crows and other birds which come and eat the crops but this tobacco farms they don't have a fence and they don't have a scarecrow because even a dumb animal like a donkey or a or a bird like crow which eats fill won't come and eat those tobacco crops I mean, even they have that much sense but human beings were addicted to nicotine tobacco cigarettes You know the cigarette packet. It has what? One cigarette has some three thousand poisonous chemicals. But uh, we know it. See, when a, when a, when you trap a rat, see we have a lot of rats in Mumbai, so we keep these moss traps. So we keep some cheese inside, and the innocent rat comes and you know gets trapped. So that that rat doesn't know that there is a trap. And secondly, the cheese which we have kept is food for that rat. Whereas for us. when we see a cigarette ad we know that it's a trap and also we don't need it to survive it's not a essential food 
but still we get trapped by it. These are all examples of how human beings, because they haven't tapped their potential, they are they are stuck here in eating, sleeping, mating, defending, and all the concomitant complications that come because of that. So therefore, <clears throat> we need to um, make the right choices and allow our consciousness to develop further, higher. So what are the what are the we are discussing five levels of consciousness. What is the lowest level? Covered consciousness, completely covered. It's called avrata. What is second? Restricted. And third? Budding. Yes, that is called mukulita. And now the fourth level is once we start asking questions about life. Who am I? What is life? What is death? You know, we, we start actually exploring deeper things. Then our consciousness starts blossoming. It is called vikasita consciousness or blossoming we start experiencing higher realms of happiness and fulfillment and this is the stage when we become more aware of ourselves we are able to separate ourselves from our mind and then there is fully developed consciousness which is called purna vikasita the fifth level where you are living in a different dimension, a higher dimension of reality. And I'll give an example of this. See, we're not at that level, but it, it's interesting to see that there are people who, have, who live at this level. Srila Prabhupada, he was uh, once in, uh, I think somewhere, I don't know which place. Devotees, uh, it was a little cold, so you're sitting in the grass, in the garden. So devotees brought a blanket, they made it like an asana for Srila Prabhupada to sit. Srila Prabhupada said, no, no, I am sitting in Krishna's lap. So he could perceive Krishna's presence even on the earth, the floor. And then a slight breeze uh, blew and so a devotee came with the chadar. And Srila Prabhupada immediately said, no, I can feel Krishna's embrace. So Srila Prabhupada was so Krishna conscious, he could see it's not Krishna is a person, okay? Krishna, we are, Krishna is a form, Krishna is a person, we have a relationship with Krishna. At the same time, a pure devotee, because his consciousness is so fully blossomed, he is able to see Krishna in every situation, at every place. Like there is one once uh, there is a morning walk conversation. Srila Prabhupada is in Paris and he's walking with devotees. And uh, and then suddenly Prabhupada stops and next behind Prabhupada was one devotee, his memory, he says, I was walking with Srila Prabhupada but I was thinking of sense gratification. I was having all kinds of wrong desires and I was walking with Prabhupada. And then Srila Prabhupada is walking and suddenly he stops and he just inhales fresh air and he says, Ah, oh, this is Vrindavan. He is in Paris and he is able to remember Vrindavan Dham and he is finding it not different from Vrindavan. And some of us may be in Vrindavan and we may be thinking of Paris. That's how pure devotee is. Wherever he is, he is remembering Krishna. His consciousness is fully, uh, fully Krishnaized. This is the fully developed consciousness, fully blossomed consciousness. So I've given you two extremes, right? One is fully blossomed consciousness and one is the covered consciousness. So our journey is from tapping up. It is to tap our consciousness in such a way that we move from completely covered state to the
fully blossomed state. That is the journey of human life. Shri Prabhupada gave a very famous example for this. Put iron in fire. He says when you put the iron in fire, it becomes fiery. That eventually it becomes one different from fire. In the sense, it has the same properties. You touch it and your hand burns. Similarly, we start increasing and improving our remembrance of Krishna. Our consciousness evolves. It fully blossoms. And then this world won't trouble us. We will be in this world like, you know, you, the boat remains in water, but the water doesn't enter the boat. Similarly, we'll all be able to live in this world, struggle in this world, carry on our duties. But because we are constantly improving and increasing our remembrance of Krishna, we'll be able to do it with success. We'll be able to do, navigate through the life challenges much better. And there are many examples of, uh, many examples of this. These are real stories from history of our Gaudiya Vaishnava tradition. There is one very famous Vaishnava Acharya called Srinivas Acharya. Now this shows the power of absorption in Krishna. To what extent you could go. Now this will be a very fantastic for us, but it, you know, it's, but we can still hear the pastime. Srinivas Acharya was absorbed in meditation once. See, externally he was in this world, okay? He was doing meditation, but he remembered Krishna so intensely that all this body was here, his mind had entered Vrindavan with Krishna, Radharani and the gopis, that the bodily transformations happened to him in this world. Like he took part in his manjari form, he was taking part in helping the gopis uh, have a holy pastime with Krishna. So he was in the side, he was a manjari, he's uh, I think Rati Manjari, no, I, I forget which, um, uh, Mani Manjari. So, she, so in, his, in his spiritual form, he is a gopi and is helping Radharani and the gopis uh, have holy festival with Krishna. And he was so absorbed in that meditation that after a few hours of meditation, when he opened his eyes, his body was filled with colors of the holy festival. Because that meditation was so intense. So then his uh, teacher, Jiva Goswami, in the school, he said, he saw his body and he said, this is not holy season. And you were here sitting here for a long time. How come your body, your, your, you know, your dhoti and everything is filled with uh, different colors? And Srinivasa was very humble. He said, he, he just downplayed the whole thing. He said, uh, nothing, I don't know. He just dismissed it. And Jiva Goswami understood what had happened. And then he glorified him. And then he declared that, then he gave him the title, Srinivas. His name was Srinivas. He made him Acharya, a great soul who is absorbed in remembrance of Krishna. Srila Prabhupada gives another example in Nectar of Devotion of a South Indian Brahmin who was cooking sweet rice for Krishna in his meditation. So he was meditating on making sweet rice for Krishna. And in his meditation, he wanted to know if the sweet rice is prepared fully and if it is hot enough. So in that meditation, he touched the sweet rice to see if it was hot. It was steaming hot. And when he touched it, his hand burnt. And in the external world, when he opened his eyes, he saw that his finger was burnt. That was the power of his meditation and absorption in Krishna. So that's where some of our Acharyas are, but we are not on that level. That's okay. But where are we? At the lowest level. So at least we can begin our journey. You know, Srila Prabhupada, when he was preaching in New York in 1966-65, Lot of intelligent men and women also came, but also a lot of hippies came. And you know, 
And some of these hippies, Satsuruk Maharaj described in Lilamrita, that these hippies would stay, there were hundreds of them, thousands of them staying in the road, street. They didn't know what was happening. They were completely disconnected from reality. They would urinate, sleep, eat at the same place. Means their consciousness was so covered. And Srila Prabhupada says, imagine giving them Krishna consciousness, the highest process. And he did that. So there is one, uh, one pastime of Srila Prabhupada in San Francisco, where Mukund Maharaj had gone, that time Michael Grant, he had gone there to start preaching and Srila Prabhupada went from New York to San Francisco. And one day when he was doing his translation work, night 1.32 in the morning, there was a knock on his door. He opened the door and he sees a young girl and she's, you know, eyes have become big like this, like, like Jagannath. <coughs> she's looking at Prabhupada like this. Because so imagine 2 a.m. Srila Prabhupada is doing translation work and it's cold. San Francisco, Prabhupada opens the door and looks at her and says, Yes, what do you want? Who are you? And she doesn't say anything. She's just staring at Prabhupada. Srila Prabhupada says, Yes. And then she says, Hoo la la la. That's what she says. 2 a.m. You open the door to hear a girl say this. A young 18-year-old girl is saying this. Completely, she's completely freaked out. She doesn't know what she's doing. And Srila Prabhupada says, Why are you disturbing me? I'm a sannyasi. I'm doing translation work. This is the only time I get to write. Why do you disturb me? And then she again shouts, Hoo la la la. And then she enters the room. Now Srila Prabhupada, you know, you know, he's a sannyasi and he's in this room alone and this lady walks into the room. So, spontaneously Srila Prabhupada comes out of the room because she's come inside. So, when Srila Prabhupada comes out of the room, she also comes out but she pulls the door. It's a self-locking door. <laughs> she pulled the door and now Prabhupada, and he doesn't have a key because the key is inside. So, now Srila Prabhupada and this girl are locked. They are outside the house and the room is locked. And this is 2 a.m. The whole world of San Francisco, everybody is sleeping. And he says, what have you done? I don't have a key. You have locked the door. You stupid girl. He's chastising her. And she was like just staring at him and occasionally shouting, hoo la la la. <laughs> That's the only thing she knows. When she's high on drugs or something, and Srila Prabhupada is so upset. And then he's wondering, what do I do now? I have a translation work, I am a seva, and I'm stuck outside. How do I go in? And then he's recalling and this girl is, wherever he goes, this girl is walking behind him. But then he recalls, okay, Mukunda is staying somewhere nearby. So then he walks up to Mukunda, he figures out Mukunda is staying here, no, this house. So he goes to Mukunda's room, apartment, and there he knocks and Mukunda, fortunately, had a spare key. And then Srila Prabhupada explains to him about this girl and Mukunda chastises that girl. You stupid girl, don't you understand? This is an elderly Swamiji. He's come from India. He's doing this translation work and you're disturbing him. And she looks at him and says, you won't understand. You are a kid. And then again she shouts, Hoo la la la. So then Mukunda takes Prabhupada to his apartment, opens the door, Prabhupada enters and he closes the door and he scolds that girl and drives her away. And Srila Prabhupada, <clears throat> this is two, maybe 2.30, 2 2.45, half an hour, 45 minutes goes in this entire episode. And before this girl entered, what was he doing? He was doing his translation work. And after this girl goes away, I mean, if this incident were to happen to any of us, we would be so dazed. But Srila Prabhupada goes back to his table and continues his translation work as if nothing has happened. That you can imagine what level of consciousness he must be in. 
what absorption you must be in Krishna. And then after that, uh, after a few hours, there is morning japa and there is Bhagavatam class. And Srila Prabhupada comes to the temple hall to give class and he does Radha Madha and he opens his eyes and boys and girls are sitting in the class and he is amazed to see that girl, she is also in the class and she is sitting in the crowd and she is more sober and Srila Prabhupada looks at her, look at Prabhupada's sense of humor, presence of mind and completely unfazed by all these incidents that happened in the night, he looks at her and says, oh, you are here. Who la la la? Shila Prabhupada says that. Shila Prabhupada didn't take it so seriously or he was not disturbed by it. I mean, he was disturbed at that point of time, but in the sense, his consciousness was absorbed in Krishna. There are so many pastimes like this which give us a glimpse of what it is to be unaffected by the challenges of this world. Somebody's consciousness is so deeply absorbed in Krishna. So, now, what do we do now? How do we begin this journey? I'll end with this and then we can have some maybe yeah, 40 minutes. So now, we have discussed five levels of consciousness, right? What is the lowest level? Covered. 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 Second? Restricted. Third? Budding. Fourth? Blossoming. And the fifth? Fully blossomed. So we have to begin the journey. So what do we do? We can begin this journey by asking the right question. Sanatana Goswami asks Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Keami Keneamar Jaratapatray, why am I suffering? Why is there birth, death, old age, and disease in this world? People call me a scholar, learned pandit, and I'm such a fool, I believe it, my dear Lord. So this is where our spiritual life begins, when we start asking questions. Srila Prabhupada, you know, he has given us amazing answers for all these questions. Unfortunately, many of us, we haven't asked the questions, we just got the answers. We have got the answers for all the questions, but we need to ask those questions. You know, otherwise, we may have the best answers with us, but if we haven't asked those questions, those answers won't drive us, those answers won't help us evolve our consciousness. We need to ask those questions. I, 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 before coming to ISKCON, I was attending one Mayavadi, very famous Mayavadi group in India. I was attending their programs. And I remember asking there one day in the class, he's a very very famous sanya, very famous guru in India. I, I asked a question, I said, what is the goal of life? What is the goal of human form of life? I was not connected to Iskwan, I just asked a question, what is the goal of life? You know what he did? He screamed on the microphone. He said, run away from the man who tells you the goal of life. It's for you to find out. And by the way, you can attend the, you know, he spoke about the advanced courses which is doing in Bengaluru where you can come and find out the goal of life. So basically, it's, it's a lot of uh, duplicity there. You know, they, 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 they provoke you to ask questions, but they don't have answers. But Srila Prabhupada gave us qu questions also and answers also. This is Prabhupada's genius. We as devotees, we shouldn't be foolish that we grab up all the lap of all the answers Prabhupada has given, but we need to ask those questions also. Otherwise, if you have all the answers, but we don't ask those questions, it will not really benefit us. Like, you know, somebody is not studied for the exams at all, and then just on the day of the exam, he is given all the answers. But he doesn't know which co answer, which question is uh, corresponding to which answer. When he sees the question paper, you know, he just doesn't know. 
So we need to keep asking the right questions and, uh, and uh, seeing the world around us and asking questions about death, suffering, goal of life. And then reading Prabhupada books and attending Krishna Katha, then it will um, help us connect deeper. So I'll pause here. <clears throat> we can have a few minutes of questions. Is that time, Prabhu? Yeah, I've spoken for 40 minutes. Yes. Hare Krishna. So to summarize, we spoke about um, the five levels of consciousness, covered, restricted, budding, blossoming and fully developed. And then we spoke about how uh, we can be in extremes. There are pure devotees who are absorbed in Krishna and they are able to navigate, but we could be in other extreme of our consciousness being completely covered like the hippies who are living in the world, but they are completely disconnected. We can make this journey. How do we make this journey? By asking the right questions and being present while performing spiritual activities. Is that okay? Hare Krishna. We can add some questions and corrections, comments. Yes. What is the difference between the, the fourth and fifth stage? It's like, you know, Nama Bhas and Shuddha Nam, you know. Okay. Like we say, uh, you know, we say the, just before, Bhava and Prema, you know, we say, yeah. like Bhava is uh, pure love of Krishna, but not yet. It's like the sun has risen, but not fully risen. <coughs> Prema is like the afternoon sun. So blossoming and fully blossomed, fully blossomed is like Srila Prabhupada, absorbed in Krishna. And blossoming is a sadhaka, who is, you know, who is, is struggling. There's a, this is a difference between struggle and surrender. You know, in blossoming, when the consciousness is blossoming, you're struggling. <coughs> but fully blossomed is when you're surrendered. And before that, the animal bird level of consciousness is where you're not even struggling. It sends gratification all the way. And it's like, you know, driving a chariot. And when you are in a chariot, imagine the horses are taking you everywhere and you are not in control of the chariot. The horses are going everywhere and you are, you are helpless, you are a puppet, you are dragged. And then the next stage is you come to Hare Krishna. In this analogy, the horses are compared to the senses. The senses are dragging us everywhere, they are engaging in sense gratification, we are not in control of our lives. That is the lowest stage. But then when we come to Krishna Consciousness, we understand, oh, we have to control our senses, we have to become Goswami, we have to become devotees. So it's like you hold the reins of the chariot, the horses, and you try to control the chariot. That's sadhakas, you know, we are all trying to progress in bhakti. We are engaging in devotional service. But life is so tough, whoever you are, whatever your accomplishments, a time will come in our life when we will realize that I can't keep holding, pulling the reins of this horse. I'll have to give it up. Krishna, please help me. And then Krishna takes charge of the horse, the chariot. That is Srila Prabhupada, that is a pure devotee. Pure devotee's life is completely controlled. He is a puppet. Now this stage and the lowest stage appear similar. Avruta, the Tamoguna and Shuddha Sattva, pure transcendental and the mode of darkness, they appear very similar. Like in Srila Prabhupada's class, in the initial days, one hippie would come. His name was David Allen. He was crazy. And he would, and there's another boy, Robert Nelson. <laughs> Robert Nelson would always be very dull. Sachuru Maharaj says, 
you know we are supposed to give our life to krishna if you can't give life you can give money you can give your speech to krishna prane rakte diya vacha but robert nelson could give nothing to krishna he would just come and sit in front of prabhu and say tell me about krishna and prabhu would get excited now oh, here is a sincere <laughs> devotee and he would tell him everything he had and then robert nelson would be just like this and she would propose to tell him help me in preaching will you please help me yes yes i will when what will you do one day one day i'll help you one day i'll have a flourishing cassette business and we will sell lot of cassettes and i'll become a billionaire and then i'll help but propad knew he can't do anything but he was giving him nevertheless everything so he was in complete tamaguna and there was another boy david allen he would go crazy he would hold propad's hand and say give me krishna i want krishna now i want krishna now he was very high on drugs and he would scream i want krishna So when you read that, when you when you, if you enter the Prabhupada Lilamrita, that particular point, and you read David Allen is crying, I want Krishna. It is similar to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu telling Gadadhar Pandit, Where is Krishna? I want Krishna. <laughs> so you see, in one sense, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is also crying for Krishna, and somebody who is <coughs> completely into drugs is also crying for Krishna. But there's a big difference, right? So, yeah, just one second. I'll just complete this. So, yeah, fully blossomed is somebody whose life is controlled by Krishna. He is given his the reins of his chariot to krishna that is uh, purna vikasita fully blossomed surrendered yes nandagup hari krishna prabhu uh, you started the class by saying that why do we need to elevate our consciousness and you gave the example of the mataji who was at a lower level and then experienced the higher taste uh, in the train example and then once it experienced the higher taste understood okay i, I can never go back to that So I was thinking for most of the devotees here and and for me also that we may be convinced about the the benefits of Krishna consciousness and hellish human life as it was and so you raise up through the modes you mention the modes and you know you get a bit closer to goodness but that final leap as you even said you said that final stage maybe we haven't even experienced it yet we may have had got glimpses so just how do we how do we take that that final leap because I feel that's where we get stuck you know at that junction and uh, yeah to really really move forward it's like this prabhu you know uh, from nama aparad to nama bhas it's our endeavor but from nama bhas to shuddha nam it's krishna's mercy mm. see we have to now struggle to be at a level of remembering krishna consciously but to completely surrender to krishna that's krishna's gift <coughs> see we when we are new in bhakti we think i have to achieve this i have to do this it's all about doing and achieving but love of krishna is not an achievement it's it's not achieved it's received <laughs> but there's a big difference between receiving krishna's grace and achieving it so right now we are in, we are <laughs> we are quite, quite excited in bhakti we want to do a lot of things take up responsibilities challenges do it but we will be krishna krishna loves us it's krishna's mercy when we struggle when we fail and when we become sober and then we tell krishna you please help me i can't do it on my own i give up and then out of krishna's own sweet free will he will lift us so what we need to do is you know from ground floor we go to the first floor and krishna is in the second floor okay so there are stairs or a lift you know bhakti yoga is a lift <laughs> so we take a lift or we move the stairs we climb from zero ground level to the first floor but from first floor to second floor there is no stairs there is no lift krishna is standing there and he'll pull you up but if you say i am in the ground floor and krishna is going to pull me up i'll stay here no krishna will not will not lift you from the ground floor 
Krishna will lift you from the first floor. So we have to struggle. We have to chant our rounds, follow the four regulated principles, associate with devotees, do all the seva. And then even in that association, we may struggle. After some time, we may realize, oh, I can't do it. Krishna, I've been chanting for so many years. Krishna, help me. I give up. Krishna. And then Krishna will lift us. So how that transition actually happens, it's individual journey. Each one of us will have a unique uh, journey and experience. And we need to have faith. But that one of the sessions, one of the, one of the topics Ram has given me is faith. So there we will discuss this. Also, one of the topics is association. So you know, when we come to that topic, we'll get deeper into this. But yeah, uh, that jump, that leap happens. Uh, Krishna has orchestrated a wonderful plan for each one of us. How he does it, it's amazing for each one of us. Is that okay? okay? Hare Krishna. 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 Hare